0: Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth in North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network, Catholic radio for your soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. Live from the KATH 910 AM studios in Las Colinas and broadcasting across North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. This is The Good News Show.
1: Good afternoon and uh, welcome to The Good News Show. It is high noon on uh, this wonderful May 9th, uh, 2022. I'm Dave Palmer and uh, we're all excited now because we are now uh, bringing this show to our social media sites on Facebook, both the North Texas Facebook page and also uh, on the uh, General GRN Facebook page as well, Cicil and Diane have been doing a lot of work this morning behind the scenes, and so it's happened. Diane, good good afternoon. How are you?
2: I'm doing great. How are you doing?
1: All right. Are you on camera or? Uh, oh well, I Cecil. Cecil, she's got three says, things yeah, going Cicel's at once. has got of stuff going on. So. Did you uh, have
2: I, a great Mother's Day? What'd you do?
1: Uh, oh yeah, yeah. We treated uh, Paula very well. I mean, yeah, Paula very well. I also got to go to my mom's house uh, in Plano, so. Uh, that, that's the thing. I mean, I know your mom is deceased, but yes. you still get, uh, and you're not a mom yet. So, oh, no. <laughs> uh, so you probably did not have as much, you know, uh, driving around. But, uh, I mean, yeah. I went
2: to Kroger to get flowers. It, it was the store was full of flowers, but it was like so expensive. Oh, yeah,
1: I know. I know, that's what one of my, my daughters said. Why, why are flowers so expensive? I said, well, because people will pay for it. <laughs> that's why they're expensive. Uh, did you have a good Mother's Day, Sisal? I know you're not a mother yet, but, uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: I did. I did. My, uh, siblings and friends and I, we made some brookies, if you know what those are. Those are cookie brownies. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> and we delivered them to some moms, uh, uh, along with oh, yeah, some cards that we made. yeah, you told me made. you were going to do yes. that. Yeah. yeah, so we had
1: fun. All right. Uh, well, happy Mother's Day uh, to all the mothers out there. Hope you had a great day. And uh, yeah, my mom and my, my wife, I think, had a great, great time. So we got Jonathan on, right? Okay. We are going to get straight to it. Let me just tell you, on the show today, we've got a lot going on. It is the second Monday of the month, and that means for the second half of the program, we're going to have the regular Catholic Pro-Life Community segment of the Good News Show, and Gerilyn Kaminsky is going to be in studio, and uh, imagine what She's going to talk about some pro-life news. Uh, She's going to have Dan Hennessy, one of the board members of the CPLC, on to talk about all that's going on with Roe v. Wade and the latest from the perspective of the CPLC. And uh, very excited about this. At 10 after or thereabouts, uh, Jacob Tate, writer and co-producer of the Mass of the Ages trilogy and director of communications for Mass of the Ages, is going to be on. They have a screening tonight and tomorrow night in Grapevine of the second of the three trilogy. So, the Mass of the Ages, which is all about the traditional Latin Mass. And so, if you want to go, uh, tickets are free. Bishop Strickland's going to be there tonight, I understand. Yeah, that's he's all over the place. Yeah, I know. Like, Bishop he's like Strickland the gets the everywhere. He's the most
2: wanted speaker.
1: I know. He's everywhere. Speaking of, July 21st, Summer Speaker Series event is going to be our, our event. But let me get straight to our, our first guest, because we have very limited time, but that's what's coming on later on the show. No, uh, he's familiar to this uh, program, Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. They're located online at txvalues.org, and uh, their mission is to preserve and advance a culture of family values in the state of Texas. They're doing great work doing that, and uh, they have an event coming up here in North Texas on June 1st, 830 a.m. to 1 p.m. It's called Our Pro-Life Moment, nine-month celebration of the Texas Heartbeat Law a uh, Dobbs Supreme Court case and a vision for a post Roe America. And whoever thought of this uh, having an event nine months after this heartbeat is uh, is a genius. Uh, Jonathan Science, good afternoon. How are you doing?
3: Um, I'm great good to be with you,
1: Dave. Yeah, good to be with you. I know we got just a, a little bit of time. Thanks for join, joining us. Uh, uh, a very interesting event you guys have coming up on June 1st. I think it's a very clever idea to celebrate nine months, you know, the, the gestation period of a baby and the, the, the amount of time that this uh, Texas heartbeat law has been in effect. That's pretty clever.
3: Well, thank you, Dave. People can go to our website, txvalues.org or ourprolifemoment.org to order tickets and we're excited about it. Yeah, it was a clever idea. I mean, it, matching that time period that usually uh, the babies in the womb and, you know, a special time period for mothers as they bond with their children. But during that time period, you know, since September of last year, over 30,000 lives have been saved because of the Texas heartbeat law. And, you know, look, I mean, with everything that happened last week, right, even more attention on this issue, what's going to happen next. But the Texas heartbeat law is fully in effect and will continue to be that way all the exhaustive excuse me all the legal challenges by the pro-abortion groups um, have been exhausted and so that's not going to change but we could see a decision uh, about roe versus wade change before june 1st we'll definitely know something by the end of june and so last week people may have seen or heard or read that there's a leak there's a leaked opinion suggesting that the court is going to overturn roe versus wade so now, look, we don't know for sure what's going to happen yet until an official opinion comes out, but it's a lot to be excited about. We're going to talk about all of these issues with our Lieutenant Governor, Dan Patrick, both authors of the Heartbeat Law, that is Brian Hughes and Representative Shelby Slauson, also a national speaker, Students for Life Director Kristen Hawkins, and a number of other local people there from pregnancy centers are going to be speaking. It's going to be a wonderful event. It's very inexpensive to come. Um, kids under 18 are free. We've got some special discounts for military veterans and first responders. And I think the general mission is $15, and, and that includes
1: lunch. Wow, 15 yeah, bucks including lunch? Uh, well, that's, that's a steal. That, that's a great lineup of speakers as well. Again, it's two, it's, uh, June 1st, 8.30 a.m. to 1 p.m., uh, in Plano, uh, ourprolifemoment.com, ourprolifemoment.com, Dan Patrick, Kristen Hawkins, Senator, uh, Brian Hughes are all going to be speaking, uh, in nine months after the, uh, Harpy Law. You know, it's hard to believe how anybody could not be in support of the Harpy Law. I mean, who, who would not be in support of saving babies in the womb? I, I, I just, I, I can't get my head, into how the other side, uh, you know, kind of rationalizes the way that they, they think. It's, it's pretty crazy, isn't it?
3: Well, and let me say it is, Dave. Let me say this. One of the reasons we're keeping the cost of the event so low is because we understand that, you know, people care about this issue, can have all different responsibilities and backgrounds. We don't want people not to come because of the price of the event. This is not a fundraising event. It's truly an education event. It's a celebration event. And, you know, Prestonwood Church, Prestonwood Baptist Church has some huge rooms. I think it seats close to 500. We would love an enormous turnout to have all of our friends in the Dallas Fort Worth area come together and celebrate this moment. And the moment's not over, right? I mean, there's a lot to look forward to on the life issue. And so that's why we're trying to keep the cost low. We do have some underwriters. And if you want to help us cover the cost of the event, We'd be happy uh, for you to help sponsor the event if people want to contact our office. But Because a lot of times you go to events and, you know, it's so expensive and you feel like, you know, some people it's harder. And we want families there. We know a lot of pro-life families are big families. And so, you know, you pay $15 a ticket or $25, $30 a ticket. That can add up. And so, you know, we're really just trying to make it as affordable and accessible for people so we can have more people celebrate it. And we're going to have some celebration. I think we're going to have cake, we're going to have some cookies, we're going to have some really fun different things to offer people and, and some great information and some inspiration. We're in a very important time on the issue of life. I was born in 1973 when Roe versus Wade was decided. This is a Texas case. The Roe versus Wade decision came out of Texas. So we're in a historic moment, and we just want as many people there to be a part of it as we see what's going to happen from the U.S. Supreme Court.
1: Yeah, well, and we'll do all we can to promote it as well. It's a, it's a great event. Again, uh, ourprolifemoment.com, ourprolifemoment.com. Jonathan Sines joining us. He's the founder and president of Texas Values. You can find them online at txvalues.org. Jonathan, in the couple minutes that we have remaining, can you yep. kind of prognosticate what you expect to happen yep. from the Supreme Court in light of this leak, which was crazy, unprecedented? Uh, do, you, do you think we're still in good shape? I know nobody knows for sure, but what does your gut tell you? Are we going to see the overturning of Roe v. Wade eventually in the next month or so?
3: I do think the leak of this draft opinion is a strong sign that Roe v. Wade is going to be overturned. And that's what we're continuing to ask for. We submitted a legal amicus brief at the U.S. Supreme Court in this case asking for Roe v. Wade to be overturned. Uh, My team and I were at the U.S. Supreme Court the day that this case out of Mississippi was argued. We're very invested in this I know a lot of other people are. I will tell you this. I mean, I've been licensed to practice almost 20 years um, in the state of Texas, and I've talked to other people that have clerked on the U.S. court. They have never heard of this ever happening before, but I don't want that to overshadow the fact that the justices seem ready to move in this direction. But the culture is ready. You look at the polling on this issue. You look at what we've learned about the baby in the womb with technology advances and all these wonderful things that have happened over the years to tell us more about that child in the womb, the culture is ready. And most of the time when you see a significant Supreme Court decision, particularly one that overturns a previous precedent, if you will, it's coming sort of after or later in time when the culture has already started to move. And we've seen society move. Nine months, the heartbeat law has been in effect, virtually a complete ban on abortion in the state of Texas. And we haven't seen anything dramatic happen. We haven't seen women losing their lives because of you know, they're going to perform an abortion on themselves. We haven't seen the sky fall. I mean, so I think I think the culture and society is ready for that. And I, you know, I think this is the time when it's going to happen before the end of June, if not sooner, that we're going to see Roe versus Wade overturn.
1: Yeah, I hope you're right. And I, I do trust your, uh, your judgment and your feel on these kind of things. Like you said, you've been doing this for 20 years. Uh, Jonathan, thanks so much. I just want to uh, reiterate uh, about the the event that Jonathan and his team are putting on here in North Texas. It's going to be uh, in Plano, Prestonwood Baptist Church, uh, June 1st. It's a Wednesday, 8.30 a.m. to 1 p.m., uh, event and lunch, $15, and 8, under 18 are free. Dan Patrick, Kristen Hawkins, uh, Senator Brian Hughes, author of the Texas Harpy Law, are going to be there. A nine-month celebration of the Texas Harpy Law, Dobbs Supreme Court case, and a vision for a post row America. You're absolutely right. This is a, a, a certainly a time of celebration, and uh, uh, we will do all we can to promote it. Thanks, Jonathan.
3: Well, and Dave, if you and your team want to come out, we'll offer you complimentary tickets. You want to do a live broadcast or get any kind of recording out there? um, We'd be happy to offer that to you, and hope you could uh, hope we'll see you there.
1: Yeah, I just looked at my calendar. I was checking it out. I think I can I can be there. Uh, So, uh, yeah, I'll I'll let you know. But thank thank you for that offer. We appreciate it very much. all right. All right God bless. Okay. Thanks, Jonathan. Jonathan signs, uh, frequent guest here on the good news show, txvalues.org. They do, they do great work. And we are not even going to take a break. We're going to go straight into our second topic. And, uh, we're moving fast, aren't we, Diane? Uh,
2: yes, we are. Did you have any protests? At your parish this weekend over what was going on?
1: Uh No, but I, I, it's, it's a good question. I wish we had had more time to talk about that. I didn't hear of anything here in North Texas, did you, in Dallas or Fort Worth Diocese?
2: No, I didn't hear of anything, but I heard there were plans.
1: Yeah, well, I, I know the two parishes. parishes I know of, uh, in, in St. Elizabeth and Keller, I know they had overnight, guys were taking shifts with, oh, wow. uh, and, 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 guarding the property, because they got a lot of statues and a lot of things that could get, uh, you know, uh, uh defaced over there. At our parish, they were ready. I mean, it was just our little St. Mary yes. the Virgin <laughs> parish. Uh, they were ready. The same, uh, Phillips, the same thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there was a
4: lot of emails and things Yeah, we had a guy,
1: yeah, we had a guy outside the church, you know, texting inside. they uh, the ushers were on guard. And wow. so, but thanks to be the guy, nothing happened. I know there, there was one case, I think, out in Los Angeles. You may have seen that video of some yeah, people disrupted mass yeah. there. All right, speaking of Mass, let's uh, bring on our next guest. Jake Tate is co-producer and also uh, a writer for the Mass of the Ages documentary trilogy. Uh, The first one came out uh, a couple months ago. And um, let's see, actually back in August of uh, 2021. And the second one is coming out now. In fact, there is a screening which I believe is, is free of charge if you want to go, uh, this evening or tomorrow night, 6.30 p.m., the Palace Arts Theater, uh, which is on historic Main Street in, in Grapevine. It's a, it's a really beautiful little theater there. And, uh, Jake Tate joins us here to talk about the uh, documentary and also what's going on tonight and tomorrow night. Uh, Jake, thanks for being on the show today.
5: Hey, thanks so much for having me. It's awesome to be talking with you.
1: Yeah, so I'm curious, why, why did y'all decide to to do this as a trilogy as opposed to just you know one one film? Why why a trilogy?
5: Well, not to give a cliche Catholic answer, but uh, that's what God decided. Uh, we <laughs> we wanted to just do one episode, and um, you know we had the first team draft, and it was good, but um, we just had so much content, and people are so hungry for it. And there's a a lot of story here to tell. Um, So I I think the Holy Spirit made it clear to us that he wants us to, to tell the full story. So that's what we plan on doing with these three films.
1: Yeah. So, um, it's, it's, it's really, I, I, I gotta be honest, I didn't see the first one, but I remember when either, either you or, uh, your, your colleague Cameron O'Hearn were on Catholic Drive Time, which is on our network. I remember it came right. out right around the time that Pope Francis put out the moto proprio about the Latin mass. And that was just kind of a coincidence, wasn't it? I mean, obviously you guys can't plan these kind of things.
5: That's right. Yeah. So these films, I mean, these are high budget, high quality production films. You know, it's not just uh, some dad with a phone filming a documentary. It's it's the real deal. And it takes a long time to make that. Um So we had already been several years in producing these films before we released episode one. And so everybody was reaching out to us. It was almost a month to the day after the Modu Proprio that Pope Francis released last July. And everybody was reaching out saying, wow, what perfect timing. You guys are amazing. And we said... Uh, we had no idea this was coming. that was all. That was all providence,
1: not us. <laughs> yeah, and kind of. um I, I want you to describe the first one, and then of course the second one. that's screening tonight in Grapevine, and tomorrow night as well. A million people, according to the information I have here, have viewed episode one since it premiered August fifteenth, uh, twenty twenty-one. A million people. That that that's a that, that's. Does that exceed your expectations? Or I know it's a hot topic, but uh, boy, that that's really really good. So congratulations! And can you tell us about episode one? Because if people are going tonight and they haven't seen episode one, that you know that might be nice to have a little bit of background.
2: Sure.
5: Well, thank you. I appreciate the congratulations. That that number exceeded our expectation by uh, a, a very large order of magnitude. We were yeah. absolutely blown away by the response. And I think what's surprising people more than the number is if you go look at the response the the comment section the articles that have been written it's overwhelmingly positive and so for something that is painted by the media and by higher-ups in the church as as divisive and mean and judgmental um it it's created a really positive response and a really positive community and i think that that's a powerful witness and that's i think that more more than anything is why it's being shared and viewed so many times but Episode 1 is kind of an introduction to the Latin Mass, but we wanted to do it in a beautiful, emotional, storytelling way. So it's not just a bunch of academics and college professors telling you why the Latin Mass is so great. Um, it, it follows the, the story of a widow and her children and their their loss and their search for healing and what, how they find that in their Latin Mass community and in Catholic tradition. Um, So we kind of weave in this beautiful, heart-wrenching story um, with information on the mass and uh, beautiful footage of the mass. So that's episode one. And then episode one kind of leaves you with a lot of questions about, you know, where did this mass go? How come I didn't grow up with this mass? How was the new mass created? And so that's where episode two picks up. Episode two is kind of a surprising investigation into the creation of the new mass which is the mass that you know most of us have grown up with and and attend every sunday
1: Mm -hmm.
5: and actually at the at the screening tonight we're actually showing both we're showing it's a double feature we're showing episodes one and two back to back okay Uh, so we're really excited about that there's still a few seats left so um you can grab tickets on our website or um you know just come to the theater and get tickets at the door tickets are free and we're super excited we've had a couple screenings already with great turnout and it's just great to see these films on the big screen
1: yeah well what's your own personal story uh i I think you're a a pretty young guy and in fact i think you know the the whole team is seems like you guys are pretty young a lot of people say oh are young people attracted to this of course you go to your average (laughs) Latin mass and it's a lot of a lot of you know babies and young families running around uh what's your personal attraction to the the tlm
5: I think people my age, um, you know, we're, we're a generation removed from the, ex- the experimentation that was tried in the 60s and 70s. So we've seen what happened. We've seen the devastating decline. We're asking questions. You know, we see surveys like this Pew Research survey that came out last year that says the majority of Sunday Mass going Catholics don't believe in the Eucharist. And we're asking questions and saying, why is this? What? what's missing here and you don't you don't have to get very far in your research to find the answers to these things right we're a tradition based faith and if you start reading anything any book written before 1960 um you're going to be talking about the traditional sacraments and the traditional latin mass and traditional catholic devotions um so i think it's just my generation is kind of searching for more searching for the answers to some of these questions on why why are these abuse scandals happening? Why is church attendance plummeting? Um, why is mental health so bad among, you know, our generation? And uh, like I said, it doesn't doesn't take a lot to find the answers to those things, and people find the answers in traditional Catholicism. <laughs>
1: Jacob Jacob Tate is my guest, writer and co-producer of uh, the Mass of the Ages trilogy. As we mentioned, the first one came out back on the Feast of the Assumption last year. The the second one is out now. There's going to be a screening tonight and tomorrow, and it's going to be at the Palace Arts Theater on Main Street in Grapevine, 300 South Main Street, uh, Grapevine, and, uh, as he said, uh, a few seats remain if you want to go to their website, which is, uh, I think it's theliturgy.org, theliturgy.org. Um, okay. uh, Jacob, t- tell us, I think a lot of people are, are confused about, like, what is the state of the traditional Latin mass because the, you know, Pope Francis put out the motu proprio, uh, are, are local bishops able to decide, you know, the, the frequency or the availability of the Latin Mass? It hasn't been banished by any means. So what exactly is the, the, the state of the Latin Mass in in the universal and also the Church here in America?
5: Sure. So last July, Pope Francis uh, released a document called a modu proprio, um, Interestingly enough, he titled it Guardians of Tradition, uh, which is kind of ironic given the content. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. uh, it basically gives bishops the power to sort of abrogate the Latin Mass in their diocese. So it's it's not a universal um, ban on the Latin Mass, but it it does give bishops the power, so to speak, to say um, this will not be celebrated or it will only be celebrated in these parishes. Whereas before Pope Benedict XVI, had released a, a motu proprio in 2007 called Samorum Pontificum, which basically said any priest anywhere at any time can offer this mass. And so we have this interesting tension because, um, you know, there's all this talk about infallibility and what can popes be wrong or right on. And you essentially have two living men, two living popes um, with sort of warring documents, which is, kind of jarring for everybody and I understand why there's confusion you know why is it allowed in one diocese but not in another or why is it allowed at one parish or not another so there's been a lot of restrictions implemented but I think what we've seen is the idea that this is so divisive um, has kind of fallen flat because not very many bishops did anything after that motu proprio came out you know everybody's mm-hmm. saying the sky is falling the Latin mass is going to go away but uh, really, it's been a great advertisement for the Latin Mass because a lot of Catholics who have never heard of it said, "What? what is this? I'm going to go check out this thing that, that the bishops are talking about. And like I said, not many bishops have taken action on it. So um, I, I think you see that it, it's not as divisive and hated and all of those things as the media and some of the higher ups in the church would have people believe.
1: Yeah, and I understand, speaking of bishops, uh, Bishop Joseph Strickland is going to be at the screening tonight, and is there going to be like a roundtable discussion, or what else can people experience? I know you said you're going to play both uh, episode one and episode two of the, the, the trilogy. What else is going to go on tonight?
5: Yes, sir. So, Bishop Strickland, um, we, we were lucky enough to interview several bishops for our trilogy, and Bishop Strickland gave us a wonderful interview, and you can you know see it in the film's And so he was gracious enough to clear his schedule and come out to the screening tonight. We'll play episode one and episode two. And then we will do a uh, short panel discussion with the director, Cameron O'Hearn and Bishop Strickland. And then they will take audience questions. So it's going to be an awesome event. There should be, you know, over 300 people in the theater and you'll get a chance to meet Cameron and some of the crew and uh, a chance to talk to Bishop Strickland as well. So we're really excited to promote this thing and, to, like I said, to see this work come to life on the big screen because releasing on YouTube and getting a million views is great, but it's not the same as being out there talking to people and seeing their reactions.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. And you guys, uh, you know, a million views on YouTube, thats that's awesome, and there's probably, you know, some... You know, pay for that. But how are you doing this through donations or, you know, these free screenings? Is this going to be on a pay per view type of basis or how are you all funded?
5: So we are donor funded. We ran a Kickstarter back at the beginning of our project in maybe the summer of 2019, I believe it was. Um, And it was very successful. And we have had some very generous donors since then. Um, And so we are able to keep the content entirely free which is incredible because our whole goal with this trilogy is to spread the Latin mass and traditional Catholicism and the old rite sacraments across the world. And it's our donors who allow us to do that and allow us to distribute it for free. So we're really grateful to all of our wonderful donors, both big and small. Um, you know, if you'd like to contribute, you can do so on our website, but you know, really what we ask is that you just watch the film with an open mind and share it with your friends your family, and especially with your parish priest.
1: And why, why did you pick North Texas? We, we we were lucky. We got one of your screening sites. I think there are several. Well, whoa, whoa. I know this is a very faithful community, but uh, how did that come about?
5: Well, we were trying to pick uh, areas, areas that we knew we could draw a large crowd, um, a large faithful crowd, but we also picked areas strategically based on some guests that we could have. So like you mentioned, Bishop Strickland is coming tonight. Uh, we'll be in San Francisco next weekend and I'm pleased to announce that Archbishop Corleone will be at that screening. Uh, we'll be in D.C. at the end of the month. Dr. Peter Kwasniewski will be there. So, uh, we, we've been planning this for months and we tried to do it strategically and cost effectively so that we could keep the tickets free for everyone.
1: Yeah. And so for those, you know, again, if you can go tonight, great. Uh, uh, Jacob said there are some seats available. If, if they go online and they, they reserve a seat, uh, you, you would let, let them know at that time if it's full so they don't show up or can anybody just show up or do they need to register beho- beforehand?
5: That's right. We would let you know if it's full. At this point, um, we will take a certain amount of, of walk ups. Generally, what happens when you offer tickets for free is that, you know, people reserve them a month out and then something yeah. comes up. And um, so although we, ha- we have almost sold out all of the tickets, we expect that some people won't be there. So if you're interested, please just stop by. We'll squeeze you in. We'll try and find you a seat. Um, we'll let you stand somewhere. Uh, at At our Chicago screening, it was pretty crowded and we had moms there with young babies. We had large families we had a couple of priests there, so just, just come. Um, it's free. If we have room, we'll let you in, and we'd love to meet you.
1: All right. And for those who aren't able to make it tonight or tomorrow night, and again, it's going to be at the uh, Palace uh, Arts Theater. They're on Historic Main Street, 300 South Main Street in Grapevine, uh, 76051. Do they go to the website? Do they go to YouTube if they want to see it You know, after the fact, after the screenings?
5: Sure, we'll air it on both places. Uh, the best way is to go to our website, theliturgy.org, and click the little Get Notified button, and then you'll be on our email list. We'll, we'll let you know when it screens. But it's going to be released on the Mass of the Ages YouTube channel on May 26th, which is the Feast of the Ascension. Uh, it'll screen at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern time. So we're really excited about the live premiere. We hope we can build some momentum with the screening tour, and uh, maybe this one will get 2 million
1: views. Uh, after this show, yeah, of course. you got uh, several million people. No, hopefully we can uh, promote it. What, what's the status on, on episode number three? When's that one going to come out?
5: Episode three, we're trying to give ourselves a little bit of time because episode three kind of picks up the story with where is the Latin Mass today? What does the motu proprio mean? What is the laity's response? And so we're kind of letting some things develop in the Church, seeing what Pope Francis's follow-up document will say, seeing what you know what more bishops decide to do in their diocese um so we're going to give ourselves a little bit of time we hope to to release the film maybe end of 2023 or 2024 but we'll keep people posted you know it takes time and especially when you're filming things in real time it's funny our our videographer is actually in rome right now filming so we're kind of all over the place always gathering footage always trying to follow the story
1: yeah. Is this uh you know, your your team, uh, are you laser focused on the, the the traditional Latin mass or are you guys doing other video projects or what what exactly is kind of the uh the scope of, of your work? Because I i I guess you guys are doing this full time, is that right?
5: Yeah, I'm glad you asked. So it's a mix of things. Cameron, the director and creator, is full time on this project and our video editor, Mike, is also full time. Um, I work on this part-time as well as a videographer. So it's a team of four and two of us are full-time. But we're really excited. In mid-June, we're going to announce kind of the next phase of our project. Uh, And there will definitely be some branching out into other topics, Um, maybe some shorter mini-documentaries on a variety of Catholic topics. So. We're really excited to announce that, and we can't wait to share some of those projects with everybody while they wait for episode three.
1: Oh, cool. Well, well, thanks a lot. Hey, by the way, I, I'm just curious, have you been to an ordinariate uh, of the Chair of St. Peter uh, Liturgy before? Are you familiar with that, uh, that form of the Mass?
5: I'm familiar with the ordinariate. I, I haven't actually been to the liturgy myself, but I've been in contact with some people down at the, their cathedral in Houston, Yeah, and uh, we're trying to get some footage with them. The bishop of the ordinariate is very friendly to our project. And so we'd like to collaborate with them in the future.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Bishop Lopes. I, I'm a, a member of the local ordinariate parish and it's, uh, it's, oh, it has a, has a lot of the elements of the traditional Latin mass, of course, other than not being in Latin, but some of the same <laughs> right. things that our people are attracted to. They're also attracted to the ordinariate as well. Uh, hey, Jacob, thanks for your time. Uh, and God bless you. I hope you have a full crowd tonight. I want to just remind everybody, if you'd like to go to a screening tonight, night at 6:30 or tomorrow uh, of the second episode of Mass of the Ages. And yeah, you'll get to see the first one as well as as he mentioned. The first and second episodes, Bishop uh, Joseph Strickland is going to be there along with uh, Cameron O'Hearn and some other folks that can answer some questions for you. Just go to theliturgy.org, theliturgy.org, and it, again, it's going to be at the Palace Arts Theater. Doors open at 6.30 Central Time tonight uh, and tomorrow also. If you can't make it tonight, you can go tomorrow. Um, Jacob, thanks a lot. We appreciate your time. I hope it's a great Success tonight.
5: Thank you very much. I appreciate you having
1: me on. All right. Good Good to speak with you. Appreciate it very much. All right. Well, we are halfway through the program. This is the Good News Show here on KTH 910 AM, Guadalupe Radio Network. Me and Diane and Cecil just kind of hanging out. It's the second Monday of the month, and that means that uh, Gerilyn Kaminsky, the Executive Director of the Catholic Pro-Life Community, is going to come in for the CPLC segment. I think this is the third one that they've done, right? And they had an event a couple weeks ago, didn't they? <laughs> Big! big, big event. Oh, and she brought a friend with her. Ingrid Meyer is here as well. So let's take a break and we'll be right back with the CPLC segment. And they got a guest, Dan Hennessy is going to talk about, well, what else? Uh, The possible overturning of Roe v. Wade. So it should be a very interesting conversation.
2: We'll be back. With praise and thanksgiving to Almighty God, the Diocese of Dallas joyfully announces and invites all the faithful to celebrate the ordination of deacons through the imposition of hands and the invocation of the Holy Spirit by His Excellency Bishop Edward Burns of Dallas. The ordination takes place on Saturday, May 21st at 10 a.m. at St. Gabriel the Archangel Parish in McKinney. 17 men will be ordained to the diaconate on May 21st. A reception will follow in the parish hall. For more information, visit cathdow.org.
6: This is Tony Beshera. My wife, Chris, and I own Babbage & Associates. We are the oldest placement and recruitment firm in the state of Texas and proud sponsors of the Guadalupe Radio Network. We are also members of St. Thomas Aquinas in Dallas. Babich & Associates offers candidates insights into the current job market and provides professional candidates we have interviewed on a face-to-face basis to our employers. Our number to call is 214-823-9999, or you can find us on the web at Babich, babich.com.
2: Save the date. Father Thomas D'Souza has secured with the help of Bishop Michael Olson of Fort Worth a visit from the Relics of St. Bernadette, which are touring the United States for the first time. The Relics will be available to venerate from Wednesday, July 20th through Saturday, July 23rd at Our Lady of Lords Parish in Mineral Wells. The only other stop of the Relics in Texas will be in the Archdiocese of Houston. Do not miss this wonderful opportunity for healing and prayer. For more information, call 940-325-4789. Loretta House in Denton is a pregnancy resource center that serves women dealing with unplanned pregnancies. They provide free pregnancy testing and free ultrasounds. Clients receive material goods like diapers, baby items, clothing, parenting classes, and more. Loretta House is an official apostolate of the Diocese of Fort Worth. All services are provided free of charge and remain completely confidential. Many babies are saved and many hearts changed. For more information, visit LorettaHouse.org or call 940-380-8191. The SMU Campus Ministry Program invites all KATH 910 AM listeners to the Prodigal Son Exhibit at Meadows Museum on Thursday, June 2nd from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Join Monsignor Milam Joseph and Father Wade Bass as they lead the discussion and the private tour of the Picturing of the Prodigal Son Exhibit by Bartolome Esteban Murillo at the Meadows Museum. The event includes drinks and dinner. All proceeds benefit the ministry. To purchase tickets, visit smucatholic.org.
4: Do you think it would be easier to walk in your faith journey alone or alongside others? Scripture teaches us that we are meant to be in community. Pope Francis recently commented that fraternity is essential to the human quality. The number one Catholic fraternity is the Knights of Columbus, and they have made it easier than ever to join. By joining, your family will enjoy a wide array of membership benefits, like a subscription to the largest Catholic publication, The Columbia Magazine. You can go
1: online right now and become a member. Go to knights.net. That's K N I G H T S dot net. All right. We are back. And this is the Good News Show. It is 20, no, 34 minutes after the hour. And uh, every second Monday, as of a couple of months ago, we have what's called the Catholic Pro Life Community segment of the Good News Show. It's always good to welcome Geraldine Kaminsky, the executive director in studio, along with uh, her colleague Ingrid Meyer is here as well. And uh, welcome. Good to see you.
7: Thank you. Good to be here.
1: You know, just talking to Jonathan Sines from Texas Values at the beginning of the show, and uh, what an exciting time to be working in pro-life. You must just wake up every day and say, wow, I mean, this is... There's never been a time like this. There with has the never writer. been a
7: time. And not only do I wake up in the morning rejoicing on this, I sometimes wake up at night thinking <laughs> about it. In the middle of the night. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, can, can, this very successful event. I enjoyed being there. Uh, you had your event at the Renaissance Hotel a couple of weekends ago. Uh, it seemed like everything went very well. Any, yes. any, any report on that or well, how'd it go?
7: Well, we're actually still processing. Thanks be to God. Okay. It was a great event. And we thank everybody, all of your listeners, all of the supporters, all of the sponsors for for being with us and supporting. Uh April thirtieth it was a great night. It was the first time everybody was back together in full force after the pandemic and just we could really see a joy for life yeah. uh, that evening. Oh yeah. yeah. And, and you know, we had Dave Moore, we had Jamie Teaton on and I know you play her music here. So we were just so blessed. Uh, to have them both along with that video from Archbishop Nauman, who was the immediate uh, past chair of the pro-life uh, secretariat of the USCCB. Yeah. So it was, it was a thrilling evening. And,
1: you know, Dave came on with us last Monday because uh, I, I wanted everybody who wasn't at the event to hear his testimony, and so he he came on via phone. I, I think after that he went to bed because he had, been, had such a busy weekend. But, uh, yeah, well, congratulations. Uh, Paul and I enjoyed it very much.
7: Well, and, we're glad uh, you were there. I do yeah. want to just say that we have decided to leave our uh, – Uh, raffle open until march 23rd so people can still go to may 23rd 23rd. excuse me may 23rd that's a long time to keep it open
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) well that's
7: that's because that's in mind for something else now so may 23rd will be our auction live at our office so people can still go to prolifedallas.org and purchase the raffle tickets but what i wanted to announce was march 25th next year 2023 is the Thirtieth annual bishops pro life dinner.
1: Oh wow, thirty! That's yes. that's that's so a that's that big one. So that is the
7: March twenty
1: fifth. Yeah, gosh, I can't imagine they're even thinking about that after just being a, a week out of your last one. But you got you got to plan ahead, don't We're you?
7: We're already thinking.
1: Yeah, good. And you got some speakers in mind. I'm gonna, I'm going to try to weasel it out of you during <laughs> yeah. the uh, show, do but that sure, you're so not well. you're not going to you're not going to say who <laughs> I'm it not is. But uh, not but, today. <laughs> but they, the things are already under, the, the planning is all underway. So yes. all right, yes. well, very good. I'm excited. I'll mark my calendar for that March twenty fifth, twenty twenty three. Okay, Cecil
8: we just think it's going to be a very special one because it'll be 30 years and it'll be on the Feast of the
7: Annunciation. Yeah. So Amen. beautiful things will come from that dinner. All right. Very Ex- good. Excellent. Well, today uh, we had shared with, with you, Dave, that uh, we had expected to speak about some different topics. But, of course, what happened last week, and I mean beyond the annual Bishop's Pro-Life Dinner, uh, is newsworthy. Mm. And so we, we uh, of course, there was a leak of uh, the draft opinion in the Dobbs case and we have asked uh, Dan Hennessy to join us uh, to to share from an attorney's perspective what does that mean when when a leak happens and in this kind of way and, and this kind of topic so I believe that Dan is here with us on the phone
6: yes yes I'm here
7: hi Dan good afternoon thanks for joining us yeah well, let's,
6: a, yeah, go ahead.
7: Uh, well, Well, we just thank you. We thank you for being able to call in through technology and talk to us a little bit about what this leak means.
6: Well, I think it's baffling to everybody, uh, whether you're on the left or the right. And I know there's all sorts of speculation today. I've been reading that uh, they think it's a, the clerk of a conservative, conservative justice, and I, I choke on that. Um, Having been in law school, I, well, well, I did go to Harvard, and, and, and while I was there, I was on the law review, so I, I got to know a bunch of young people. I was a little older, having been in the Navy, but a bunch of young people that wanted to clerk for the Supreme Court. And I can guarantee you, the type of people that, that are selected, these clerks, when they go to the Supreme Court, they are, the, most of them are very ambitious, they're very talented, they're smart, and they're not going to risk their careers, I just can't conceive, I really can't, of a clerk being the one that's going to do something like this because they, they've got to be smart enough to know they're probably going to be discovered. I don't think, you they, you know, there's a small group that's the criminals, so to speak, and these are mm-hmm. not criminals, excuse me, but the guilty persons in there. <laughs> and their career's over. I mean, they are really going to severely destroy everything they built to that point. Whereas if you're a, a staff member of the court or a justice of the court, and I hate to say it, but it's not as big a risk for them politically than some of the things that have already been going on with the way some of them vote. So I'm not at all sure that it would be a clerk, and I kind—I of, frankly, I kind of leaked that it. somehow it's one of the justices. Now people are shocked at that, but um, it's amazing. I and, and I, it's just—it's—it's it's so baffling. It's so inconceivable, almost, that it happens. It's Nobody can kind of say, what the heck? But anyway, that's kind of my view on it. I, 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 I'm in a camp that says it's not a clerk. Watch, I'll be proven wrong in an hour. But um, that I lean more to a, a, a justice or maybe a staff member of a justice other than a clerk. Um, simply, there's so much at stake for the clerks.
7: Right. And so so Dan in in light of all of that, just the fact that there was a leak from the Supreme Court is monumental. Yeah. Whether it's oh, a yes. clerk or a justice or a oh. staff. So oh, it's well, it's
6: it's crazy. But it's got you know, frankly, the court has become extremely political. I mean, we all have to recognize this is I mean, we're seeing decisions. I know when I was in law school years and years ago, it really was at that time more of an idea. What does the Constitution really say? Let's go back and look. Let's look at precedent. Let's go back and look at what the the original authors did or uh, meant. Um, now it's kind of you stick your finger up in the air and say, which way is the wind blowing? And then we'll come up with some cockamamie theory as to why this should be justified by the Supreme Court or the Constitution. And it, it's really kind of disappointing, frankly, when you see some of these justices go on there. And, and I'll be br- frank with you, Justice Roberts is one. You remember, he was very, very much one who was going to honor the Constitution. But I, I swear, I, I don't know what Constitution he's reading. <laughs> well, so, so it, it, go ahead. But so I think we're in an era where it's it, it's so political uh, to, to have something like this. Uh, happen yes it's shocking but to have it happen in this period it's almost understandable because this is politics at play somebody has a a real agenda a political agenda and and i think it's somebody that's trying i'm more leaning that it's somebody that's trying to stop this from happening there's a theory out there that it was a a, a conservative who's trying who was trying to lock in the votes so that um, Justice Roberts, who's, you know, who's not with the pro votes, that he is trying to persuade some of those voters to shift. So I don't know. I mean, but nonetheless, I think what we're what we, what you're seeing at play here now is not law. It's not interpretation of the Constitution. It's pure, raw politics.
7: That That's well said. And that's exactly what we're seeing. And what, what we've heard over the Past week, not not well, a full week now. Uh, reporters calling. Um, when are your protests? Uh, just let us know. Uh, can you know? Can you gather some people? Are you going to be fighting against the other side? What we're hearing is just astonishing. And yeah. and you know, we've done some news reports and, and done some interviews. And frankly, I think that we're we, we must be boring them because what we're saying. And Ingrid, I'm, I'm looking at you here as director of ministries here with the CPLC. What we're seeing here is. Is we're going to keep doing what we've been doing. We're going to stay heads down. We are going to keep praying. We are going to keep our ministries. We are going to be continuing to stand on the sidewalk. Regardless of what this this chaos is ensuing, uh, you know we there were there were calls for protests at churches at masses around the United States. Uh, it's 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 sort of like the world has just gone crazy now because of a leak, which was like you say not constitutional, not based on that, but a political jab uh, that that people are, are kind of losing their minds, and they're expecting us who are prayerful. Uh, determined people that that we should be in the chaos too. And, and frankly, we're not um, in that chaos.
8: I think it's reminding us that, like you said, the fight is not over and we need to continue. This is a draft. That is not the final decision yet. So people are acting like it's a final decision. Anything can change. That's why prayer and action is so important now A time. Exactly. Uh,
6: yeah, that, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And even... Whichever way the decision goes, and I pray to God it goes, you know, that they overturn Roe v. Wade was an aberration, frankly. I mean, the, the constitutional lawyers that I know, the honest. it's it's that the right to abortion is not in the Constitution. That was created out of whole cloth back then. But uh, even if it is overturned now, you're going to have the battles among the states, and and it's it's so tragic that so many legislatures are are including the the one sitting there right in Washington is now talking about having a national law, you know, that uh, makes abortion the right of everybody. And it's just it, it's really sad to see that many people on, uh, that are. But I don't think it's the majority by any means. Mm-hmm. I think it's the a lot of the leadership, but I think the majority of people now are shifting more the other way. They, they are beginning to realize that we are talking about human life here.
8: Yeah, And you know what? The other day I was reading um, about in the European nations, how 47 out of more than 50 nations in Europe do not have anything supporting abortion after 15 weeks. Mm -hmm. That's right. See, and that's how the Dobbs, you know, that's how everything is based on right now with the Dobbs case. The 15 weeks after. So Europe is not doing it. All these nations are not doing it. They see the importance of life, feeling pain, this fetus being a human being. What are we not seeing?
7: Right, and you know, yeah. I, I want to jump on on that. What you just said about these other nations here is something we can do with our for our nation and for our Supreme Court justices. There's an ecumenical national prayer campaign, and I think we've talked about it here before. We've certainly sent it out to our supporters in in email and in in mailings. It's called On Our Knees, and it's calling in on at seven thirty p.m. Central Time. It's fifteen minutes. I do want to give the phone number here. It's eight three 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 eight zero. O seven three six, and you can go to www.dobbscase.com com. there's a prayer guide in susan platt our director of prayer and community outreach shared this information with us and has been what this is is 15 minutes of prayer for the supreme court justices and all of our justices need prayer they need yeah, yeah. they need prayer for for guidance Uh, and for abiding, abiding. And again, that's Monday night's Tonight, 7.30 p.m., and it will go until the case is settled. So we do uh, we do want to promote that to everybody to uh, join us for prayer for the Supreme Court justices. We also uh, – there is a prayer, we noticed, on PrayMoreNovenas.com starting today, Mary Undoer of Knots. Well, if this was ever a knot, I would think this is. And so let's, <laughs> let's, good go, point, ahead yeah. and, let's go ahead and join in on a prayer of a novena of uh, – for for Marianne Dewar of Knots, So Ingrid, tell me, as the reporters have called in uh, all last week and even this morning, and, and, and come here and tell us about your protests, tell us what our number one thing we're doing here at the CPLC.
8: Okay. So we continue, as we have done before and will continue to do, is take care of all those women in need and men, women who are pregnant, women who have young children we will never close our doors on them, no matter if uh, they're abortion-minded or not. We are here to support them because they're all our sisters in Christ, and they all need us coming together to help. So we have our Project Gabriel, and that will continue. In fact, what we do is we continue to grow it through having trainings and having Can more Can you tell volunteers. us about the ministry?
7: What is the Project Gabriel ministry? Explain it to the people who may not know.
8: Yes, so it is a mentoring program for all those women who have young children or are pregnant. And what we do is we have a training where we um, train all these volunteers, and they become a Gabriel Angel. So it's a mentor-support
7: relationship. It is
8: a mentoring program. So after they are trained, they are paired up with one of these women And they walk with them throughout their pregnancy or until they are ready to let go because we want to lead them in a stable place where they have a job. They have a stable home where uh, they are taking parenting classes so they can really upbring these children in a healthy environment.
7: Excellent. Excellent. And so we shared this at the Bishop's Pro-Life Dinner just on last week, or the weekend before last, is that we want all of the churches in the diocese, and and this is through every diocese as well, because this comes from the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops to Walk with Moms in Need. We've been walking with Moms in Need for almost 30 years through Project Gabriel. So what we want parishes to know is when a a woman or a family, a parenting or pregnant uh, woman in need comes to the parish, they can get support through the parish, through our group, and through the various other pro-life apostolates. So we want to be there for the women who come in. And remember, we don't do this just for women who are Catholic. It's for any women that are in need. We do yes. this because we're Catholic. And then from those same parishes, Ingrid, you're asking for volunteers to come in and be those, those models, those, those mentors, angels, the those Gabriel mentors. angels for that. Excellent.
8: Precisely. And, uh, and we still, even though We don't know what's going to happen with Roe versus Wade. We still have our sidewalk counseling. They are outside the abortion centers counseling all these women who go in, and it has increased. You would think that the numbers would be lower because of the heartbeat law, but we still get a lot of women who don't know what's going on and still need the help. So, regardless, we will be there. Even if it's overturned, we will still have counselors who are there to provide information, to provide guidance, and then they can guide them towards Project Gabriel so they can get a mentor.
7: That's excellent, and that reminds me of of the testimony that was shared in the ministry video at the dinner recently of a a mom uh, who had another child with her. She found she was pregnant, and she went into the abortion facility with her toddler, to get an abortion and she was way too far along and they told mm-hmm. her to go to New Mexico and they told her quote unquote, we have donors, angels that will help pay for your transportation, will help you with your abortion and all of that. And she was astonished, but she came out and spoke to one of these sidewalk counselors that you're speaking of and 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 our sidewalk counselor provided options. Mm-hmm. Provided options for her and uh, took her to the Pregnancy Resource Center, saw her baby's heartbeat, heard her baby's heartbeat, talked about the resources, and then she is enrolled in Project Gabriel Ministry. Project Gabriel Ministry has helped find housing for her and so forth. Yes, and we continue to be there and support her. But
8: you know what? We cannot forget Gerilyn, about those women who have had an abortion. Absolutely. So we are increasing the number of retreats and the number of one-on-ones with our moms, with these women. We have found out that there are new um, new ways with the abortion, with the chemical abortion, and new traumas that are coming. So we need to always be opening up and have new methods to deal and help them deal with the pain and guide them towards God to heal.
7: And one thing we, we've learned is that chemical abortions are on the rise and they are actually surpassing the percentage of surgical abortions. Yes. And so women are having these abortions in their home. The trauma is caused by them themselves taking the pills and they are seeking immediate, almost immediate healing and support. Yes,
8: and imagine they go past The abortion center, and it reminds them now they just walk across the hall and see their bathroom, and that triggers the pain and the reminders well we
7: we are here and we want people to know to come to prolifedallas.org uh for information on project gabriel and healing after abortion and that is for men and women we have it in spanish language and english language retreats but one thing we've not yet talked about and i know we're we're, we're closing down here soon is 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 to educate yes. we need to educate adults children youth youth Yes. Tell us about that. So if we
8: don't have education, then we are never going to change, and we won't have a culture of life. Mm -hmm. So it's important there. We have speaker spirit that goes out and talks to youth, to young adults, to adults, But right now, we have our youth is very focused on our boot camps. Yes, tell us about that. We have something new this year. Yes, we do. (laughs) I want to tell you that we are not only focusing on our high school students, but now we have middle schoolers. We did not have anything for middle school. We are going to have a day camp in June. For more information, please go to ProLifeDallas.org, and it'll be a week long, and then we will have our normal uh, boot camp, which is... In the evenings and all day, it is an overnight
7: at a uh, UD. Excellent, and so that's for high school students. So this year, we're really proud that we have we are continuing this the high school youth boot camp that we've had for many, many, many years. But this yes. year, we're opening up to middle schoolers for a day camp.
8: And we need help from the parishes. This is where you, as a parish, needs to come in. If you have a group, if you have a youth group. Help them to come, and we have special prices yes. for all of those who come from a group from a parish. So there you go.
1: All right, boy, y'all covered a lot of ground. <laughs> also, really appreciated Dan Hennessy's uh, connection. I'm not sure if he's here with us still, Dan. Dan, thank you very much. Really appreciated uh, your take on the, the Roe v. Wade. Great to having you on the program today.
6: Well, okay. Well, God bless you all. Thank you. Yeah. Dan. Thank you,
1: Dan. Thanks so much. Uh, all right, a lot of ground was covered. We'll see you next month for the next CPLC segment of the Good News Show. It's always the second Monday of the month and uh, thank you. Y'all you brought so much great information. Thank so you, so well prepared. So, uh Jerolin Kowinski, Ingrid Meyer, uh Dan Hennessy, thanks so much. If you want to learn more about uh, all the the great work of the Catholic ProLife community, just go to prolifedallas.org. And I also want to thank our other guests, Jonathan Sines. Just a reminder, our pro- Pro-Life moment is Going to be happening Wednesday, June 1st, 8.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. It's an event and lunch. If you want to learn more about that or get your tickets, rprolifemoment.com. And then also J- Jacob Tate, uh, writer and producer of the uh, Mass of the Ages trilogy, tonight and tomorrow, 6 30 p.m., at the Palace Arts Theater on Main Street in Grapevine. They are going to have their um, uh, showings of the first two documentaries of the Mass of the Ages, which is about the traditional Latin Mass. Uh, Bishop Joseph Joseph Strickland is going to be out there tonight, uh, and we'll be able to answer your questions along with the producer, Cameron O'Hearn, as well. I also want to say a big thank you to Sissel, because she did a fabulous job. We, we went um, on social media today. And I'm I'm just watching all you know the pictures of all the guests and you two ladies and Sissel threw it all together very quickly, but she did a great job. So uh, I guess from here on out we're going to be having uh, we'll be on social media for this program on at least Facebook, uh, mm-hmm. the North Texas Facebook page, and then also the GRN Facebook page uh, as well. So thank you for doing that. It looks, it looks really lo- looks really great, <laughs> and uh, that'll do it. Uh, this is a good news show. We'll see you next Monday same time for the next good news show here on KTH nine ten a.m. On the Guadalupe Radio Network, have a great rest of your day. God bless you.
0: Thanks for joining us for the Good News Show here on KATH 910 AM on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please join us next week at the same time for the next Good News Show.
4: With praise and thanksgiving to Almighty God, the Catholic Diocese of Fort Worth announces the Transitional Diaconate Ordination Mass of Brandon E. Leclerc, Austin T. Hudenpile, and Randolph Ed. Hopkins. The Transitional Diaconate Ordination takes place on Saturday, May 21st at 10 o'clock a.m. at St. Philip the Apostle Parish in Flower Mound. Please contact Vocations Office by phone at 817-945-9321 for more information or questions.
6: If you just experienced damages from the most recent severe weather, you need a professional to guide you through the insurance process. Hi, I'm Mari Buford with Buford Roofing and Construction and a proud member of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please beware of the door-to-door, fast-talking, high-pressure salesman that insists you sign a contract now. Take your time, weigh your options, and let a professional be your guide. We may be reached at our website, BufordRoofing.com or by phone at 817-329-ROOF.
0: K-A-T-H, 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth.
4: Some Protestants like to charge the Catholic Church with changing the Ten Commandments because it omits the prohibition of making graven images found in Exodus 20. But is this true? No. And here's the reason why. Like Augustine, the Catholic Church sees the prohibition of making graven images as merely an extension of the First Commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. In light of the context, it seems that Augustine was right, for immediately after God prohibits the making of graven images, he says in verse 5, You shall not bow down to them or serve them. The prohibition is against idolatry, not the making of images in an absolute sense. So the Catholic Church didn't change the Ten Commandments, and it's not guilty of idolatry in having statues in its places of worship. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers. Catholic.com.